It's time for another episode of Corner of the Galaxy from the Box. The show that gets you behind the scenes of the LA Galaxy and into the minds of soccer reporters and MLS experts. Your hosts for the day are Corner of the Galaxy's Josh Gessman and LA Times soccer reporter Kevin Baxter. Let's start the show. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Corner of the Galaxy from the box on cornerofthegalaxy.com. I'm your host, Josh Gessman. Joining me as always, Mr. Kevin Baxter of the LA Times. We have a great show to kick off your Derby week here. That's right, LA Galaxy versus LAFC coming up at the end of the week, Saturday, March 31st, a uh, 12 p.m. kickoff time right here at StubHub Center. We're, of course, going to talk about that game. You have uh, uh, the big man, Zlatan Ibrahimovic, supposed to be making his arrival in Los Angeles very shortly as well. And, of course, we're going to talk about the LA Galaxy 0-0 draw with the Vancouver Whitecaps. A lot of stuff to get to in this show. I'm sure we also have some questions for you as well. Uh, excuse me, questions from you as well. So we are excited to be here. Let's uh, check in with Mr. Kevin Baxter. Kevin, how's it going, buddy? Hey, I've been out of town. Well, out of the country part of the time and then out of town. And what's this about Zlatan? He signed, that really happened? No, happened? no, no, I don't think. Did I missed that completely? Yeah, you you were totally off on, the, you didn't know what you were talking about on any of that stuff. It was it was embarrassing for you. No, you, sir, uh, I, I believe we, we can give you credit. In fact, I will give you credit because I know it's true. Uh, you announced that the LA Galaxy had signed Zlatan Ibrahimovic. To the world, I did, yes. And I've been getting calls from around the world, too. Been on radio in England. I, You know, I could uh, get rid of this, like, dusty old podcast now. I've been on the radio on the BBC. I'm going to be on uh, French radio or French television tomorrow. So it's a big story. People it is, care. It, People care about the galaxy again. It seems like it. And it's something that you and I had theorized and talked about and heard rumors about for months and months and months, and we did a Monday show, Kevin, and anybody who listened to our last Monday show knew that Zlatan Ibrahimovic was coming to the LA Galaxy. You said, you said it, you laid it all out there. You said, Zlatan Ibrahimovic, going to be signing for the LA Galaxy by the time the next podcast comes up. That's what you said. And I was right. And and we'll, I know you want to talk about this later. We want to get to the Vancouver game first, but I, I had a long talk with Johan Karaski today, and he kind of laid out the timeline of how this all happened. And, Perfect. Um, they've been working on it for, as well, as we knew. We knew this, but they've been working on it for a long time and got a lot of people involved. Even Mr. David Beckham made a cameo appearance in the uh, um, effort to bring Slaton to uh, Los Angeles. Remember, they, they were teammates together at PSG for a while. So That's right. That's they right. didn't know each other very well. Well, uh, let's uh, let's talk about the Vancouver game so that way we can get to all the Zlatan talk because I still want to do that. But uh, the Vancouver game, LA Galaxy travel up to Vancouver, Kevin. They're missing nine players, by the way. We had them possibly missing 11, which we were off by one because there was uh, there was Efren Alvarez who was away with the, uh, the Galaxy Academy at the Generation Adidas Cup down in Dallas. So that ended up being a 12th player that technically could have been missing. But the Galaxy did get three players back in Joel Pedro, Perry Kitchen, and Chris Pontius. Those were some, uh, Kitchen was sort of a question mark. Pontius and Pedro were also question marks. So uh, all three of those guys end up getting back with the LA Galaxy. So they're only missing nine, Kevin. And in order to make an 18-man roster, they dress three goalkeepers. The Galaxy have three first-team goalkeepers. They dress them all. David Bingham in goal, Justin Vom Stieg, and uh, Brian Silvestri on the bench. That's how they had 18 players. That's the only reason they had 18 players dressed. And the Galaxy in a, I will call it an innovative lineup for uh, for Siggy Schmidt, went out and uh, somehow grinded and banged away and, and defensed themselves 
to a 0-0 draw against the Vancouver Whitecaps. Well, it was a gutty performance, and Hilliard Arce making his, that was his MLS debut, correct? Certainly M- his first start. MLS and, and Galaxy debut, yep, there it was. Playing playing on a three-man back line, and, and they had, he said they had not even practiced that. Um, uh, and so, you know, he makes his first de- M- MLS debut in a formation that he'd never even practiced, much less played in a game. I thought he had a really good game, especially for his debut, uh, Dave Romney technically playing as a midfielder played very well. Daniel Starris, by the way, made the MLS, uh, um, the all MLS team this week, uh, their weekly team, their weekly, uh, first 11, uh, pretty good performance by him as well. The defense cleared off what 50 balls, uh, you know, from deep in their own end. Um, they, the galaxy, I don't believe had a shot on goal. Maybe one they, shot. They on had, goal. So they had one. It came from Sebastian Legette in the 78th minute or 73rd minute, somewhere in the 70th there. So I think that kind of tells you, I mean, the, the formation was a little uh, little odd, but it, it, a gutty win by the Galaxy, no matter how you slice it. But I think they went in there looking to play this kind of a game, to play, uh, I don't know if they want to play a scoreless draw necessarily, but they weren't going to be doing a lot of attacking. They were just going to try to uh, kind of four corners the ball, you know, you know, ex, you know, use up the 90 minutes without getting hurt and give, giving up any goals and try to get out of there with a point. And so I think that was their strategy going in, and I thought they executed that strategy very well. Yeah, l- let's talk a little bit about the formation, too, because you talked about Dave Romney. You have to talk about his opposite there, Rolf Felcher as well. Those guys technically playing the wing-back position. So left wing-back for Dave Romney, right wing-back for Felcher, which means that they had responsibilities going forward and back, as a midfielder would, but predominantly they were there for defense. And... I, in my mind, I, there were two standouts for me on defense, and you mentioned Hilliard Arce. I thought he played played really well, especially for his first uh, first Major League Soccer minutes there. Dan Stair is getting named to the Team of the Week, and MLS Team of the Week, obviously deserved. The guy for me who was my absolute man of the match was uh, was Jorgen Schielvik in the center. Uh, a calming presence there without Ashley Cole, who was suspended. Um, you know, no Michael Ciani in there, so it was Schielvik who was at the center of both Daniel Stares and Hilliard Arce uh, and able to sort of work around and there was recovery after recovery with these guys. They got maybe broken down a little bit. There was a little bit of panic, but these guys always came back to the proper positions all around Shelvick, and I thought Shelvick was the perfect complement to all the other defenders that were around him. And the other guy who just who blew me away because he hasn't played to this level, and people were giving me a, a little shtick, Kevin, saying, because I called his performance outstanding, and from what I've seen from this particular player throughout the season... The performance he had against Vancouver is sort of what now I expect him to sort of rise and be like every single week, and that was Rolf Felcher for me. I thought he was horrible on the offensive side. Don't get me wrong with this stuff. He was horrible on the offensive side. Couldn't complete a pass to really save his life, but on the defensive side, had a couple really good stops, and he was going up against a guy who was probably three times as fast as he was uh, in Davies. Um, And yes, he got beat a couple times, but his recovery was good. Uh, his engine was good. He was in the right positions. He made a couple stops. For me, Rolf Felcher needs to repeat that performance every single game at MLS level. And if he does, then the Galaxy have a defense that I think is is quite formidable. The other thing to point out with this, Kevin, is that there are five defenders you know, on this back line as well. So it was a more defensive lineup. Not only that, but the two, but two of the midfielders that also made up that you know three-man, or excuse me, five-man midfield, um, they're also defensive guys. And Perry Kitchen and uh, Servando Carrasco, 
you look at how many defenders were really on the field here, and there is seven defenders on the field and and sort of three offensive players. I mean, that's that's where it comes. You can even count Big David Bingham as a as a, as that other guy, make it eight and three. Um, but it was a very defensive lineup, so you would expect that the Galaxy would be more defensive in their play. And uh, they stood tall, stood stout. I was I was impressed by the fight and determination they showed in that game. Well, the game is over, so we have to say, now, what do we take away from this? I think what we take away is, first of all, compare this to last year. This is a game that the Galaxy play like this for 87 minutes and give up a goal in the last three minutes of regulation and wind up losing one to nothing. How many times did they get those kind of results where they, they were just so good and so gutty for a long time, 80 minutes or more, and they wind up you know, failing in the last 10 minutes of the game. That seemed to me like that happened many times last year. So the Galaxy got kind of got over that hump. That's one. Um, two, they were playing, as you said, you know, it depends on how you count it, I suppose, but without 11 or 12 guys, uh, they went in there with, again, three goalkeepers on the bench. How, how often does that happen? They played a team, a conference team, on the road, on turf, all very difficult circumstances for the Galaxy, a team that people have talked about as possible contenders for the conference title, they they play that game and they get out of there with a point. I mean, I just think that there's so much that you can positive that you can take out of this game, despite the fact they didn't win. Um, but there's just you know, it's a confidence building thing. It helps them in the standings because it does give them a point and you know prevented Vancouver from getting three. Um, there's just a lot of things to like in this game. There were a lot of really good sort of parts to this game that that you pull out. I thought David Bingham played well, uh, made a couple stops when he needed to. Um, you look at this this game, and and the Galaxy were out possessed for most of it. The only part that you really look at this, Kevin, and I don't know how 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 critical you can get, but I'm going to get critical, even if I even if some people think it's unfair, is that. The pairing of Emmanuel Boateng and Ari Lasseter was completely null and void up there. There was there was no reason to send the ball up there because nothing was going to happen, except when Ima Boateng had his one shot at scoring a goal. And that's the real disappointment here. I, I, I love the fight and sort of the, ter- the determination that Emmanuel Boateng brings to the field for the LA Galaxy because he's a guy who doesn't stop running. He's a guy who uses his speed to get in behind people and that speed is a tool, all right? But it should only be one of the tools that he has and I'm starting to feel like his speed is the only tool that he has because he was in on goal. He was there. He was going to score. He had the chance to basically steal three points for the Galaxy and he missed the goal completely. And yeah, kind of, kind of a little bit of Jossie's artist disease. The old Jossie's artist, not the one that's going crazy this year. But yeah, just an inability to finish, an inability. To, you know, a, a, even a great scorer only gets a couple of opportunities at the most in a game, and and you, you got to finish those. And he's having trouble do that. The, the one thing about this game, though, is it, anyone looking at it might say, "Oh, it, a zero-zero tie, nothing happened." No, a lot happened. But the Galaxy again with so many injuries and, and as you mentioned, really didn't try to be offensive uh, for the most part all night long. It's kind of like a, um, like a Mayweather fight, you know, it's very defensive. You know, you look at Mayweather, not a lot of style points, but he's undefeated. It's because he takes those body blows. And I, that's kind of what the galaxy did. They stood in there, they took the body blows. They did what they needed uh, to get out of here with a point. And, and you know, that's the best. That's probably the best Ziggy could have hoped for going in. Sure, he, he talked about the Boateng miss and how he would have liked to steal three points, but the Galaxy went up there wounded, playing on the road, conference game uh, on turf again. All those factors, and they come out of it with a point. And maybe it wasn't the most 
perfect and beautiful game that they're going to play this season, but it may be one of the most effective they've played in a while. Yeah, uh, Siggy Schmidt after the game talking about what you said earlier about, you know, sort of the difference between last year's team and this team. Uh, Siggy says, and I quote, we're a much more hardened team than we were last year. Last year, we would have come in here and we wouldn't have gotten a result. So we went for a win. We went for a game plan that we thought could give us a win. And we said that if we don't get the win, we'll walk away with a tie. Bingo, jackpot. Hits the hits the nail right on the head there. It's great. And listen, I'll, I raised my hand. The Galaxy should have lost that game. With the amount of players they were missing, Kevin, there's no way that they should have been competitive uh, in that game, and they were. And that's already a huge improvement because look at the depth that they had to use in this game. The depth was there, Kevin. The depth wouldn't have been there last year. And, and by the way, some of those players who wore the depth last year that had to play a whole bunch of games look like they're pretty comfortable playing in games now. So uh, you almost have to credit 2017 with some of that. But obviously the, the offseason that the LA Galaxy had with Siggy Schmidt, um, you know, with Kurt Schmidt, Jovan Karofsky, all those guys sort of putting these, this team back together in, in, a, in a position to be competitive, uh, created a competitive team in, in, in a game where they should have lost. And Vancouver sh- should have probably been a lot better. Uh, I, yeah, I, think- I, I was not impressed with Vancouver, uh, frankly, and maybe that was uh, the way the Galaxy played. But you talk about, you know, Ziggy talked about this, and you just did too, guys getting opportunities. Um, you know, Hilliard Arce, probably everyone being healthy, he doesn't play in this game. Instead, he does play, and he does very well. Daniel Sturris, um, you know, played very well. Again, made the all-league the all, uh, team for this week. Um, Carrasco. You know, there's a guy that's a little bit down on the depth chart, but with so many people out, got a chance to play and played really well. So, you know, I, I think you come away from this with a co- as the coaching staff and the team uh, feeling pretty positive because you did get out a, a point that maybe you you I don't want, I don't want to say they didn't deserve it, but maybe that they hadn't counted on. They they got a point perhaps they hadn't counted on, especially being so injured. And you had three or four players step up that now you can say to yourself. I can use these guys. These guys, you know, these guys can play a little bit and they can play under duress and they and they can sort of rise to the top when uh, things are going against us. And that's a great feeling for a coach to have, to know that he can count on guys that are on his bench, that he can count on his depth, not just to eat minutes, but to actually play very well. Yeah, and they did. Uh, one of the guys who was not there with them uh, away on international duty also played pretty well, Kevin. Uh, Ola Kamara gets a hat trick against Australia uh, playing for Norway. So three goals from Ola in a 4-1 uh, beating of Australia there. Uh, they'll play again, actually. I think they should have played again today or, or will be playing here shortly or have already played. They were at Albania. I didn't see any reports of anything going on, I'll, I'll have to look up at uh, as what, when Kevin talks here. But um, Ola Kamara getting three goals—that's that's good news for LA Galaxy fans. He's going to be returning to the LA Galaxy, um, a guy with a lot of confidence and and hopefully not some tired legs at the beginning because uh, they're going to need him coming up against the LAFC. The Galaxy also get Ashley Cole back from suspension, uh, and then now Kevin, it's really just a question of who is going to be healthy down the stretch for this LAFC game. Uh, one of the guys, though, and, and certainly the, the guy everything has been centered around as we transition away from the game against Vancouver, very good result. We look uh, back now to Zlatan Ibrahimovic, Kevin. Uh, we, we teased it at the beginning. You were the guy who broke the news. You and I had talked about it on Monday, and we were fairly keyed in on that Monday night show that something was going to happen. Um, maybe we can take the listeners a little bit through our timeline of, of when we realized things were going on. 
Yeah, I think I had a really good sense Monday afternoon that that this was going to happen. Just uh, not so much that anyone had told me anything, but as I was continuing to pursue the story, some of the answers I started getting back um, for the you know for the last two and a half years that we've been chasing this, the answers are nothing's happening yet. Uh, we'll keep you uh, informed. Uh, then they, they, the answers kind of got a little squirrely, both from the Galaxy and from the League. Um, they weren't saying nothing's happening yet. It was more like um, it, the, the the wording's not right, but it was the sense of, you know, stick around, don't go too far, um, stay by your computer. Um, the idea that it was actually, you know, coming to fruition. Now, one of the problems is that uh, he was still under contact under contract, excuse me, to Manchester United until Thursday when United released him from his contract. So that sort of clouded a lot of the things the Galaxy could say. They may have felt, and I believe that they did, even as early as Monday, 99.9% sure. But as long as he's under contract to another team, um, it's not only a bad form, but it, there's probably some sort of a rule that they'd be violating if they started talking about signing a player who was under contract to another team. Mm -hmm. So they had to keep that very close to the vest. Once United released him, which happened, uh, you know, around four in the morning our time, Thursday, then then th that set into motion everything. Then there was there was no stopping it at that point, and he was going to come to the Galaxy. There's no reason for you know the timing of it. Obviously, uh, Jose Mourinho had said that he would not stand in Zlatan's way. He said that uh, I think as early as January that he would let him go if that's what he wanted. Zlatan, I believe, was staying there because of the um, European Championships, and once. Once Manchester United was eliminated, there was no, no reason to stay there. He wasn't going to play anymore. Uh, they weren't going to win a European trophy. And that sort of freed him to come here. Yeah, and, uh, and and that's sort of how things started to go. Again, we had a pretty good idea. This is something now, Kevin, you, you talked about earlier. This is something that, that didn't just happen overnight, and it, it's something that we had talked about back in January and obviously over the last uh, you know two years, you and I, but really the Galaxy have been chasing after Zlatan Ibrahimovic since uh, before he went to Manchester United from uh, Paris Saint-Germain, PSG. So this has been a long time coming, and I, I know you got some insight there. I, I should also point out, that you got to talk to Zlatan Ibrahimovic, um, you know, uh, via telephone uh, before all of this uh, ended up uh, completely happening. And I'd love for you to tell uh, anybody any anything you can about that phone call as well. Well, he just he just said that he was very excited to come here. Um, he did he did make a point that he doesn't like sports writers and doesn't trust journalists. And I told him that he's going to love me, so we'll 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 be <laughs> fine when he gets here. That's good. But um, it was a couple of very brief conversations. Um, he again talked about he wanted to come to MLS. That um, um, you know he knew Los Angeles. He had vacationed here. Hadn't really got to know the city as well as he as the way uh, you know as he hopes to when he comes here. But that he understood it was a big city. He understood. He said a, a number of times that it's the biggest club in MLS, um, and that he felt that he would fit in really well here. He said he he wants as as other players have said in the past that he's not coming here for vacation. That he's coming here to win. And he wants to win a championship, and that's why he picked the Galaxy, because he thought they were a team that could win. Um, whether that colored his decision not to come last year, uh, you know, they had talked to him, and, and the Galaxy thought they were close to a deal about the time the knee injury happened. And I think that's where Zlatan kind of put everything on hold, not seeing, uh, you know, wanting to see where he, he might be able to land, uh, how serious the injury was. Um, but... You know, as I said, this has been working for about three years, and it, it really started sort of uh, by happenstance. Chris Klein was in Paris, happened to go to a PSG game, um, and met with uh, Zlatan's agent, 
um, and uh, Zlatan, of course, playing in the game. And they they just sort of started a conversation, started talking, and one thing led to another, and the, the contact started. Uh, Jovan Karowski, who played with a uh, a friend and former teammate of Zlatan's when he played in Europe, when, when Jovan played there, started using those contacts, talked to old coaches that he had worked with. So it, it was Jovan sort of taking advantage of this wide um, um, uh, Rolodex of sources that he had to get close to uh, Zlatan to talk to him. He had come to L.A. while he was still in his PSG days, um, Jovan got together for dinner with him and David Beckham. David Beckham, of course, talked about how the you know was a teammate of his at PSG, and they talked a little bit about the Galaxy and what it means to be a part of the Galaxy. Uh, Zlatan got a tour of the StubHub Center um, and sort of warmed up to the idea. And, and, and Jovan said he could kind of see himself, you know, coming here at some point. So it, basically, it was a three-year romance where uh, Jovan just continued to reach out and continued to stay in touch and. Uh, one of the things he said, and, and I've heard this from other players too, I heard it from Gio, I heard it from Roman, and I heard it from Jonathan Dos Santos. Um, in the case of the two Dos Santos brothers, they were sort of romanced over a several-year period as well. Gio, uh, Gio's time with the Galaxy, or at least discussions with the Galaxy, go back to the Tim Lai Wiki days. Uh, Roman happened much quicker. But all the three of those players said the fact the Galaxy kept in touch um, and, and that they felt that the galaxy cared about them and it wasn't a short term thing. Like you want to come? Okay, here's a contract. Oh, you don't want to come? We'll forget you. The idea of they, they exchanged Christmas cards. They did those kind of things, you know, they right. kept in touch and, and that that really kind of made this possible. So Latan wanted to go to a place where he was wanted. And he talked about that too, as a place that he felt genuine, um, love is too strong a word, of course, but he felt like there was a genuine interest in his career and in bringing him here and in making him part of the club. And that's what really, he could go anywhere he wanted. As Jovan talked about, you know, the one thing that makes this deal a no brainer, let's say he never gets on the field. Let's say that knee injury he tries in training and he can't get on the field. That's not going to happen. But I'm just saying worst case scenario, that's $3 million of TAM money for two years. The gal this is a no lose situation for the galaxy. No matter what happens, it's a no lose situation. They didn't pay any money. This is league money. Um, yeah, it might ha it might hamstring them a little bit going forward if they wanted to do something with that town money. But essentially, you know, they didn't have to use a DP spot. They they didn't have to uh, bust up the salary cap. They didn't have to. They will have to move somebody uh, to get a foreign roster spot, whether it's sending somebody down to Galaxy Two or 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 uh, voiding the contract of a player or making a trade. They are getting someone is probably going to lose a position on the eighteen at least. Um, just to create a foreign roster spot. So so that is one thing they have to do. But, I mean, it's $3 million over two years. And as Jovan talked about, Zlatan could have gotten way more money in a million different places. If he would have gotten to China, he could have you know, been up in the multi-million dollar range again as he made $26 million his first year at Manchester United. And now two years later, he's accepted $1.5 million to come play with the Galaxy. Now, as a journalist, I'm, I'm cynical enough to believe that there's some sort of side deal. The Galaxy, everyone I've talked to in the Galaxy did not deny it. Jovan's words were, he is getting $1.5 and that's all he's getting from us. But, uh, you know, he has a, a, a clothing brand. I believe his wife's active in some sort of a, um, a fashion brand herself. Now they're going to expand their marketing now to, to the U.S., which is a market they haven't been active in. So 
you know, I think Zlatan is going to get some money from somewhere. I, I don't, I just don't see him going from $26 million two years ago to $1.5 million this year. There's, there's something on the side that's happening that also makes this deal look good. But from the soccer perspective, $1.5 million is all the Galaxy are playing, are paying rather. And he said he wants to come here to win. So, Again, it looks like a, a, a no-lose situation for the Galaxy. I just don't see the downside to it. Yeah, it's very difficult to find any downside. Um, but, of course, you know, we're in the honeymoon stage of this particular deal, Kevin. Uh, nothing nothing, nothing bothers anybody. Everybody's happy. Everybody's in love. Everything's perfect. Because um, so, we were saying a lot of this stuff about Steven Gerrard. Now, he was getting a lot more money, so right. that changes the equation. Um, but, you know... We talked about this before too, and I know everyone laughed at this, but I'm I'm afraid that at right now, at least at the start, until we see his fitness, Zlatan is not a 90 minute player right now. He right. may be a 90 minute player in a month. He hasn't played a game since December 26th, and the the scary part about that is he played one half of that game, and then he was taken out for uh, coach's decision at halftime, and then that week in training said that his knee hurt again, and he said it was the same. Uh, it it went back to the serious knee surgery that he had in April of last year. So it hadn't fully healed or hadn't healed correctly or he was still having issues with it. So he hasn't played since December 26th. The Galaxy said that he's been training and been working out for the last six weeks. They claim that he's fit. Well, you know, we heard the same about Sebastian Legette and look how long it took him to get a 90, you know, to get on the field for 90 minutes. And his injury happened uh, a month before Zlatan's did, and and you know he's still sort of in that rehab comeback stage. So, and he's you know 12 years younger than Zlatan. Remember, Zlatan's 36. So there's a lot of reasons to suspect that he is not going to be a 90-minute player right away, if maybe for much of the season. Um, I, I'm still thinking like you were that perhaps he's a guy at least at the start. He's going to be coming off the bench. He's going to be a guy coming off late, an Alan Gordon type. Um, you know, that comes in to change the tempo of a game. And, you know, even at that, he's going to be very successful. He's six foot five. He doesn't have the movement that he used to. I don't know that we're going to see a lot of those highlight real goals that he's so famous for scoring. But put him in the middle of the box. He doesn't even have to move. Just standing there, his presence alone is going to pull off two defenders and open things up for others. He's going to be very dangerous on set pieces, I think. Um so he does change the Galaxy offense a little bit. And, and we talked about before that Kamara was sort of exposed up front, that he really didn't have any help. Well, now he does. Yeah, now he does. Um, you know, for somebody who's been as critical of Jovan Karofsky as, as I was last season, you have to tip your hat to him, you know, being involved in this and getting this across the finish line. And the same goes to Chris Klein. I mean, this is a big get. This is the first time without Tim Laiwiki, that the Galaxy have really gone after a huge big-name star and and really got the, you know, superstar that they were looking for. Granted, the only other one you can really think of is David Beckham in terms of the same echelon. Um, but still, it, it's a big deal. I mean, you know, Steven Gerrard is not in the same orbit as Latan Ibrahimovic in terms of, you know, overall um, worldwide appeal. And, and Steven Gerrard's a well-known player, but it, it's not close in terms of popularity. Um, and also, Zlatan Ibrahimovic is, uh, at his position, a better player than Steven Gerrard ever was. Um, so that's, again, apples to oranges a little bit in comparison, but there's, there's you know, a really big difference in these two, uh, you know, personalities. And, and, and 
I think the big thing is that, you know, LA Galaxy soccer, kind of almost regardless of how Zlatan plays, Kevin won't be boring this season. Um, and it starts being, like, not boring against LAFC coming up on Saturday. Um, and that's with Zlatan Ibrahimovic, you know, being hinted at possibly being available. Now, you and I have been hearing that uh, perhaps towards the end of the week is a Zlatan arrival. Um, the Galaxy have not given out an, an official time and date. Their schedule came out today, and at the top of it said basically no information yet on Zlatan coming in. Um, so so we're still waiting on that. But I would say end of the week is sort of Thursday, Friday is what we're thinking right now. Well, what I'm hearing is around midnight Thursday, uh, is expected to be he is expected to be at training Friday. Whether or not there's a press conference after that, I, I don't know, but he's expected to train with the team on Friday. And then, so every time I've heard this timeline, and earlier the timeline was Tuesday or Wednesday, and even then, um, my remark to the Galaxy people that I was talking to was, oh, well, then there's no way he plays on Saturday. Um, you know, he's flown uh, halfway around the world. He couldn't pick his teammates out of a police lineup, has no idea who they are, what style they play, doesn't know anything about Ziggy Schmidt. Um, there's no way he plays on Saturday. And and everyone I talked to cautioned me not to go that far and said, well, I wouldn't make that determination just yet. So here's my guess. Um, the game's already sold out. Um, the game was sold out before they signed Zlatan. Tom. But, you know, the Galaxy, it's a good soccer organization, but it's a way better marketing organization. And the Galaxy now have their groove back. The team that signed David Beckham and Robbie Keane and Steven Gerrard now has Zlatan Ibrahimovic, and we've seen, you know, the full page ad in the LA Times, the jerseys that are already ready, um, you know, uh, the social media campaign. They are really making hay out of the signing, and they're and and uh, you know, you talked about it before we went on the air that in Colorado, that game in Colorado is not until August, and and in Colorado, they've already sold twelve thousand single game tickets to that game because Zlatan is on the Galaxy. There's no promise that he's coming to that game or that he'll play or anything. He could get injured between now and then, but they've already sold twelve thousand tickets. And I saw the the Gerard phenomenon firsthand traveling with the Galaxy that season, where every stadium we'd go to, there would be hundreds, uh, if not thousands, of people wearing Liverpool jerseys that had come out to see him. And Zlatan's going to have an even bigger impact. So anyway, back to the whether or not he plays on Saturday, the Galaxy people tell me don't close the door on that just yet. I frankly cannot see, uh, certainly he won't start, and I can't see how he plays any any meaningful minutes. My guess is, from the, these people being so careful to tell me not to just give up on the idea of him playing, my guess would be maybe he's in the 18, he comes out, waves to the crowd, sits on the bench, and perhaps if the game dictates Maybe he gets in for a few minutes and runs around at the end of the game. But um, the Kansas City, the, the Galaxy don't have to play him in the LAFC game because they have another home game coming up next week against Sporting Kansas City. Um, some ticket sellers with the Galaxy are already um, um, calling fans and saying this is going to be Zlatan Ibrahimovic's first game. Come out and see it, buy a ticket. So uh, and part of the Galaxy is saying he's going to be available against LAFC. Ticket sellers are saying he's going to play his first game against Sporting Kansas City. Either way, he's going to make his debut at home, and then they'll go on the road um, to Chicago for the game on April 14th with Zlatan having already played one MLS game. Yeah, and we'll, and we'll see if he even he makes that trip. I mean, uh, again, <laughs> we always question. He, he's 36 years old. He's coming off, uh, again, major knee injury issues. I've already said, you know, with 31 games, um, you know, 30, let's see, yeah, 31 games remaining for the LA Galaxy. How many games does Zlatan Ibrahimovic play in those? And I think if it's around 20, 
that you're doing pretty well. And that doesn't mean that he plays 90 minutes in 20 games. That means he makes an appearance in, uh, in each one of those games. I think that you're, you know, hitting the nail on the head. I think there's some travel that he won't play. I think if you're looking at midweek games, midweek games, he probably won't play. If the game's on turf, he probably won't play. Um, you know, the away games are sort of going to be, where are you going and how do you get there type thing <laughs> about whether or not Zlatan Ibrahimovic goes. And that's probably just being smart, um, and cautious, Kevin, you said you wanted to go to Chicago um, and, and cover that game, possibly, just so that way you could see Zlatan Ibrahimovic on a Southwest flight that has to probably... Yeah, sitting ch- in a middle seat, that, yeah. get, eating his peanuts. I can hardly wait for that. The change, the changes planes in Denver and then makes its way to Chicago, something like that. But yeah, um, you know, this is, again, this is all interesting stuff as it comes down for the LA Galaxy. I'm going to, I want to take you back, Kevin, a little bit, and I want to tell you whenever my ears sort of perked up about this, and I just want to sort of throw this back and see if you remember this particular time uh here at corner of the galaxy studios when we had our open house we had none other than mr uh la galaxy president himself chris klein stopped by and was taking some questions from some people one of the questions came through uh and was asked you know they they said that they had heard a lot about zlatan and wanted to know whether zlatan ibrahimovic was coming to the la galaxy now you and i have heard chris klein answer that question over and over and over again. And I can almost give you it word for word. And this word for word is, you know, basically, you know, uh, Zlatan is signed with Manchester United right now, so he's not our player. But of course, if somebody like Zlatan ever was to show up or become available, it would be somebody that, you know, somebody like Zlatan, not necessarily Zlatan, but somebody like Zlatan, we would be interested. The LA Galaxy would be interested. And they're always interested in every player, Kevin, as you and I have talked before. Do you remember what Chris Klein did in this particular moment, though? Because... Um, I think he said no comment, right? He did. He did. He looked at me because I had, I think I had the microphone and uh, he looked at me and, and just basically said, you know, no comment. That was it, which I thought was really weird because again, I've heard that we've heard him respond to that. That started my ears being perked up. And now that I look back at it, it seems like, and it was still within the time frame that they knew something was going down, that it was close and they were not going to talk about it at all. Not even a little bit. And that, well, he- that's interesting. I think in talking to to Jovan, one of the things that I kept hammering at Jovan, and he, he, he after a while, I think he 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 saw my point. And he he agreed with me to a sense. But you're talking about MLS, okay? And and let's just give MLS all the credit that we possibly can. It's still MLS. It's not La Liga. It's not the Premier League. Um, it's not one of the top leagues in the world. And a guy with an eagle like Zlatan has, he wants to be, you know, with the top league, top teams in the world. And it's not China where they pay an you know extraordinary amount of money. Um, it's MLS. It's Los Angeles. Um, so I, I asked Govan, on the surface when this whole thing started, and here's a guy um, scoring 50 goals for PSG, about to sign a 26 million dollar contract with Manchester United, and you guys start talking internally about, hey, we can get this guy. I said, wasn't there? A, any part of you that said this is ridiculous? What? What are we? Why are we even right. talking about this? This right. is just not going to happen. And he said, "Yeah, it was ridiculous." That's the. He said, "That's the very first take on that is yes, this is ridiculous." And he said, "And that's why it takes three years to get this guy to come because you can't just swoop in like Manchester United and say, here's twenty six million dollars.' And by the way, our coach is Jose Mourinho, and we're going to go to the Champions League. You can't do that. You have to sell other things. You have to sell the weather. You have to sell L.A. Maybe you have to sell." Um, some other opportunities here. You know, Zlatan's talked about wanting to get involved uh, in, in Hollywood at some mm-hmm. point. Yes. So maybe you kind of push those connections. And that's why it takes three years. And and uh, Jovan said even six months ago, he said, okay, well, 
you know, maybe we can get this guy. And people were like, 100%. He said, it, they told me it was crazy. Like, there's no chance. It's not going to happen. No way. He said, that's what people, even in the galaxy, were telling him. But, you know, you build up those relationships after three years. And then you, as the team, start to believe it. Then the player starts to believe it. And and he said, that by, by the end, he was just talking to Zlatan like he was another guy, just having normal conversations. And, and that's one of the things that sold Zlatan, that he wasn't being treated like this great big star. He was being treated as a player that could come in to help the team. And 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 maybe that kind of harkened back to the way Zlatan started his career. I mean, he hasn't always been this great superstar. Um, you know, And maybe he just wants to be, I, I don't think so, but I'm assuming maybe part of it is he just wants to be considered you know, a guy that's going to come in to help the team win. And he doesn't have to be the guy that carries everybody. Oh, amazing time. Another little behind-the-scenes fact is the LA Galaxy uh, shot all of that content, including the photos, the video, all that stuff. Apparently, it was shot within one day in Manchester, all right, which I think is a is an unbelievable sort of pull-together of all these different elements. I mean, you had to get a lion, Kevin. I mean, who do you call? I want to know who you get on the phone to even call it. Say, hey, yeah, I need a lion. When And where do you need this lion? I, Manchester in England. That... I have not been, Kevin, and I know you have been in Manchester, but I assume there's not just like rent-a-lion places everywhere on the corner in Manchester. No, not in the strip malls, but they do have a zoo there, so I'm sure they probably went to the zoo. But again, that goes back to this galaxy marketing muscle that, um, you know, we didn't see this with Ola Kamara. This was the guy that we were told was going to make the difference between winning and losing. This was the guy they said they lacked last year and they really needed. So Ola, Ola Kamara arguably comes in and means more to the team on the field, perhaps, um, certainly up to now, than Ibrahimovic. But he's the one that gets the lion video. So, it tell, you know, again, it, it, a lot of this is about marketing. A lot of it is about selling the team. Um, and, it, again, the Galaxy has their um, – they have their mojo back again. This is – you know, they're back into David Beckham form now. Yeah, they, they are in a David Beckham form. By the way, update, Ola Kamara uh, did not play, did not dress in Norway's one nothing win over Albania. I imagine they just gave him uh, some rest. He's, I didn't hear he's hurt. He, nope, don't he's say hurt. it. Don't say it. No reports. I haven't seen it. He's fine. Everything's good. The Galaxy are fine. They, they can't have any more people being hurt. He Knee just scored injury. three goals. No, <laughs> it was a hamstring. That's what it was. <laughs> yeah. No, uh, he's so far, he's fine. That's all we know. Um, so anyway, so it looks like Ola will come back and actually be fairly well-rested uh, to come back for to play against LAFC. So that might unless be... Unless he's hurt. Unless he's hurt. Yes, I know. Kevin, we get it. Um, Pato. <laughs> that's exactly how it was. Uh, but anyway, I thought it was just interesting that they got, uh, you know, talk about the, the muscle... Um, by the way, the, uh, the ad in the LA times, I think North of, or right around $30,000 for that full page ad that was five words. So that's $6,000 per word. If you, <laughs> and you tell me the LA times is struggling, Kevin, come on now. That's two years pay for me. Thank you, Zlatan. <laughs> I was going to say, I was going to say, uh, yeah, Zlatan actually, you know, whenever I, I moonlighted there just, uh, for that, for that one galaxy article that I did, uh, while you were gone, um, I got paid by the LA times, which was, which was very nice of them to do. So Zlatan technically paid me as well. So, um, always, always nice yeah, to be I supported. don't think your check cat, uh, cleared the bank <laughs> until that ad ran. <laughs> that, that was probably how it was. Uh, but anyway, yeah, you were talking about the Colorado, uh, game and that came from one of our listeners. And I want to make sure you get some credit for this, uh, from Mark from Cedar Rapids, Iowa and, uh, Mark. Mark says, first off, love the show. It makes my crosstown 14-mile commute almost bearable. I'm guessing that crosstown Cedar Rapids 
uh, commute is uh, 14 miles and it takes five minutes. No, um, if he's listening to the podcast, it takes an hour and a half to go 14 <laughs> miles in Cedar Rapids. That is insane. No, no, no. It's, it's, he listens to it Monday through Thursday, basically. Monday, you know, oh, okay. Tuesday, morning, Tuesday morning, Tuesday afternoon, Wednesday morning, Wednesday afternoon. So he gets it all. And then by the time, then the Thursday show shows up and then he's, he's all set again for the weekend. So it well, should... if we're going to do that, then like every 15 minutes, we should uh, like have a cliffhanger. Like <laughs> you'll never guess what we're going to talk about next. And <laughs> hey, then he could turn it off and he could come back you know, hey, the next day. Hey, Mark, you'll never guess what's going to happen. Yeah, exactly. We could do that. Absolutely. But anyway, he says, uh, being from uh, Iowa, he goes, I don't get to many games, but try to make it to away games when we were on vacation. This year, we're going to Colorado in August and bought tickets to take the family to the Galaxy versus Rapid game. Uh, a season ticket rep for the Rapids called me Sunday to try and save me money on season tickets. I explained that I was a Galaxy fan from Iowa vacationing there. He apologized and said that over 12,000 tickets have been sold to that game since Friday when Zlatan was announced. He said he's, he is excited to see Zlatan in MLS and he expects sellouts everywhere the Galaxy go. Mark finishes it off as saying Zlatan will be great for this league. Keep up the good work and here's a joke for Kevin. Ah, oh, yes. Oh, Kevin yeah. Kevin jokes. All right. Uh, Kevin, why... Let's see. Uh, let, me, let me make sure I get this right. Why can't you hear a pterodactyl use the restroom? All right, I give up why. Because the P is silent. That's good. It's See, I, I, I got one. How about this? Oh, no. Yes, knock, go ahead. Knock, knock. Who's there? Knock, knock. Zlatan? Zlatan who? That's, that's just him. God. <laughs> <laughs> Open the door and let him in. I was going to say, Zlatan's there. You know, you're welcome. That's That would have been a good one, too. You yeah. could have just said, you're welcome. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll fix that part. We, we'll edit it out. Do, we have people who do that, I imagine, somewhere. Um, anyway, so, so that's sort of the Zlatan stuff. Again, a coup for the LA Galaxy not paying any money. Uh, so far, I see no downsides, Kevin, to this. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how they do, of course, as you mentioned before, fit him onto the roster because the LA Galaxy do not have any international slots. They could buy one and just keep everybody where they're at or they could move somebody. Siani's injured right now. You probably can't cut him while he's injured. That's probably not a, not a cool thing to do, nor, I, nor do I think that you can actually do that. Uh, they can move somebody down to LA Galaxy 2. So Joao Pedro, who just came back, could be an LA Galaxy 2 player. He's an international. Maybe that makes some sense. Um, so yeah, when you look at all this, it's, uh, it's interesting to see how he's going to be fit in and a bunch of the questions that we are getting, um, Cameron asked it, uh, on, on Twitter. He says, assuming everyone is healthy and Eber plays, what's your starting 11 for Saturday versus LAFC? Um, that's a lot of assumptions, Cameron. Uh, Tristan also says, how does Laton fit into our starting 11? Who gets benched? Um, so that's, I mean, there's some interesting sort of takes here on what you can do with Zlatan, and I'll be honest with you, when I look at it, and I figure you have to make some assumptions, Kevin, that again, if everybody's healthy, and as you look, is that Giovanni Dos Santos at $5.5 million is going to stay on the field, all right? So if he stays on the field, does that really mean that somebody like Sebastian Lejet uh, and Ima Boateng, Ima Boateng probably gets benched whenever Lejet is a full-time starter anyway, so does Lejet also get benched because... When I look at it, you're, you, you're going to keep Cole, Shelvick, Steris, and Felcher as your back line with David Bingham as your goalkeeper. Nothing changes there. Perry Kitchen is going to be your defensive midfielder. You're not going to take Perry Kitchen off the field in order to you know put Giovanni Dos Santos next to Jonathan Dos Santos in order to keep Sebastian Legette when Perry Kitchen has been your best 
player on the field for the first three games if you're going to put all of them together. So Perry Kitchen, in my mind, isn't going anywhere. So it's got to be Legette who gets benched. Uh, Boatang and Legette go to the bench, and that way you can have a midfield of Giovanni Dos Santos, Jonathan Dos Santos, Roman Alessandrini, and Perry Kitchen, and that leaves Ibrahimovic and Kamara if you're going to be, a, if you're going to say that uh, Zlatan is a starter. Uh, if he's not, he comes in for Giovanni Dos Santos, and that's a pretty, like, not like for like, totally different players, but that's a pretty one-for-one -one switch there in terms of positioning for me. Um, but there were a lot of people who were saying, hey, the lineup against Vancouver, um, which had the three backs and then the two wing backs, would be perfect in order to get, you know, Zlatan on the field. And I don't know what people think those wing back positions are supposed to be, but you're not going to have somebody like you know, Roman Alessandrini out there trying to play a wingback position. I mean, it, it just, Ashley Cole probably doesn't have the legs to play the wingback position. I think Dave Romney struggled a little bit to play that up and back role. Um, so when you look at it, I think they're actually pretty limited in trying to get Zlatan on the field right now. And you wonder too, you know, Ola has always been a target striker. He has, I don't think he's ever played with anybody up front. Uh, now he's not just playing with anybody up front. He's playing with Zlatan Ibrahimovic, um, and whose name I'm really going to have to work on learning how to pronounce correctly. Ibrahimovic. Um, yes, yeah, that That's too. It. Yes. Um, but so th with those two up front, there's going to have to be a little bit of give on someone's side. And, and, and it, it just strikes me that the kind of player that Ola's been, and I'm not saying he's selfish in any way, but just the, the way that he's been successful, he's been a little bit of a selfish player because he's been a target striker and the same with Zlatan. And so those two are going to have to to sort of come to some uh, agreement if they're going to wind up starting together over who does what. And we saw that, you know, a problem with um, uh, with Robbie Keane and, and Giovanni Dos Santos for a long time. They, they kept getting in each other's way because neither one would really be, you know, want to give. And then, you know, if Gio, if you go with that three-man midfield in front of Perry Kitchen, then that means Gio's going to have to go off and play on a wing. Yep. Um, and he hasn't looked comfortable playing wide ever since he came here, and he's going to have to play really wide because, you know, the Galaxy, one of the, the things the Galaxy have always done, no matter who the coach was, was take advantage of the widest field in MLS and play wide. And so that's going to be something that Gio's going to have to learn how to do. Uh, another thing I wanted to point out, we talked when we were all talking about Zlatan, whether he was going to come and whether it was just sort of uh, an idea and several months ago, I talked about the idea of him coming into what is a an excellent clubhouse now, our excellent dressing room, and I, I think he needs to, and hopefully this doesn't change. I hope the Galaxy doesn't take the armband away from Ashley Cole. I don't think they should, and I think that was a disaster when they did it and gave it to David Beckham and took it away from Landon Donovan, and that took over a year for the Galaxy to recover from internally as as a team. So assuming that Ashley, it remains Ashley Cole's team, uh, Zlatan has to fit into that dressing room. And Jovan told me, of course, he's going to say this. Everyone's very excited for him to come here and that, you know, everyone's looking forward to playing with him and learning from him. And, and uh, you, you know, a guy that's won as often as, as he has, I'm sure that there are some accommodations that he definitely makes when he goes into a dressing room. And I think a lot of the ego stuff, Jovan explained it to me that it motivates Zlatan that, you know, some of the stuff about, you know, I'm God and, and I'm better than God and I'm the best player of all time. Jovan said a lot of that stuff he says, and he knows it's wild, but then he 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 takes that onto the field with him and tries to prove, uh, you know, tries to prove what he just said is accurate. And he uses that to motivate himself. So even in our phone conversation, I took a lot of the stuff that he said, uh, you know, sort of with a grain of salt. I think he, he says a lot of that stuff 
with a kind of a, a smirk and a, and a wink. And but Jovan says it does motivate him. My point is, I don't think he's going to carry that into the into the dressing room. I don't think he's going to be, uh, you know, perhaps as big a jerk as some of the uh, the quotes that you might read in black and white. Uh, you know, might make him seem. But Johan pointed out another thing, too, is we have young players, you know, like Efrem Alvarez and, and some of the academy guys that are around the locker room all the time. And when I talked to those kids when the academy first opened, they talked about how inspiring it was to them to see a Robbie Keane or Steven Gerrard walk by or even at the end of that season, a Landon Donovan. And they they would watch how those guys go about their business and they might go up and ask a question or two if they were able to work up the courage. Now, all of a sudden, those halls are going to be – people walking those halls are going to include Zlatan Ibrahimovic. Uh, that changes the game a, a lot for some of those younger kids. Now, all of a sudden – they're watching arguably one of the best three players of his generation, uh, maybe getting a chance to talk to him or at least watch him in training and see how he does his thing and see him in the gym and, and see how he goes about his business. I mean, I think that's going to be uh, that's going to make difference on a lot of those younger players. Yeah, it very well could. And uh, you mentioned Efren Alvarez. Quick update on him. Uh, he was just at the Generation Adidas Cup in in uh, Frisco, Texas, uh, where he was playing with the LA Galaxy Academy, and now he is off to the U-17 Mexico training camp. So Efren Alvarez still making the international tour as it goes. Uh, apparently no teams have been announced for uh, for any friendlies yet, but uh, that they're going to, uh, going to do that. So... Um, so Efren Alvarez, again, will not be available for the LA Galaxy as he's off with the uh, U-17 Mexico training camp. The Galaxy making sure that uh, that Efren gets those chances and gets those opportunities in some of these, uh, you know, academy games and some of these uh, different places. Uh, so it's interesting to see now him go off with the U-17 Mexico as well. Uh, all good experiences for him and stuff. I don't think that being you don't need him and you're not going to play him, uh, on the senior team, Kevin, it's okay for him to go to these things and do these things and and be playing in soccer and be playing with kids his own age at some point and then also getting the chance to come back and train with the senior team, the LA Galaxy team, maybe getting to play in some LA Galaxy 2 games as well uh, coming up. So I, I think that's that's real interesting. Again, the uh, the LA Galaxy 2 season opener, their, excuse me, their home opener because they've already played two games, uh, is at StubHub Center. Um, coming up very shortly, it says five days until a home game, I believe, and I want to make sure that I get this right, um, that they will be playing after the LA Galaxy's uh, 12 noon match uh, against LAFC. So um, I will double check that just to make sure, but I'm pretty sure that's how that's going to work on uh, on Saturday. So uh, again, more information, more news on that whenever you look. So do you get to, if you're if you have a ticket to the LAFC game, do you get to stay and see that game? Is that yeah. part of the? Yeah, yeah. So it's a double header. Yeah, I think so. Hold on, let me. Uh, I'm just I'm going to click on the on the schedule and I'm going to do the Galaxy two, and then I click on the schedule and then I wait for it. And then it comes up behind the scenes stuff. This is all like riveting for people, Kevin. I can just tell everybody's just really excited. Uh, 3.30 p.m. Saturday, March 31st, 2018. Uh, StubHub Center, Main Stadium, LA Galaxy 2 versus San Antonio FC. The LA Galaxy lost their season opener 2 to nothing to the Colorado Springs switchbacks away. Uh, they drew 1-1 with Fresno FC on Saturday, March 24th. And now they will enter uh, uh, the their home season uh, and they will host... Uh, San Antonio FC Main Stadium StubHub Center. You can probably just stay in your seats after the game. Uh, yeah, the I'm, I'm guessing that the time is too quick to to you know empty the entire stadium 
and then get new fans in. I, I'm, I, I got to believe that if you have a ticket to the Galaxy game, you get the Galaxy 2 game for free. Then, then you know what, Kevin? Saturday is soccer day, all right? If you were going to the game, everybody gets to go, you get to stay, you get to watch these guys play. There's nothing better than this is, like, perfect. I don't know. The Galaxy played a home game. They've been gone gone for two weeks playing away, and then they had an off week in there as well. So you haven't seen them play in three weeks, and you're going to get two games for the price of one on Saturday at StubHub Center. That, to me, sounds like that's a winning formula for soccer any day of the week. It, it works perfectly. Um, I'm excited. And you get to see three of LA's four teams. <laughs> yes. All three. I guess there's only three. The other one's Orange County. Orange County. So all yeah. three of, of LA County's professional teams playing. Yeah, yeah. And then, uh, the by the way, on Saturday, April 7th, if you wanted to go down to Orange County, uh, you could watch LA Galaxy 2 play at Orange County SC at the Orange County Great Park there as well, just to sort of give you a heads up. A fabulous place to watch the soccer game. Yeah. Absolutely wonderful. You and I enjoyed enjoyed it immensely. Uh, so hopefully other people will get to head down there and check that out as well. All right, um, let's see. What else do we want to talk about? Do we want to talk about LAFC? I guess we have to, don't we? I mean, it is one the biggest game on the LA Galaxy's calendar in the first month. Uh, of the season here, and it's... Wow, that's damning with faint praise. <laughs> you, really? Did you think it was fake praise? Well, you said it's the biggest game on their schedule in the first month. They were only playing four games in the first month. Yeah, it's the biggest one. I mean, it is. I mean, it, listen, there's certainly lots of people who have said that, uh, you know, this isn't a rivalry yet, and I will say this, that it'll be a rivalry the moment these two teams step on the field because well, they already don't like each other, Kevin. I'm telling you right now. They've sold out the game. I mean, it's the only sellout, right? They didn't sell it opening day. They, nope. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. by the way, there could be a ton of people there. Um, there, The LA Galaxy have advised that for that game, um, which, again, is a 12 p.m. Pacific time kickoff at StubHub High Center, noon. High noon game, 12 p.m. Pacific time on Fox, not Fox Sports, not Fox Sports 1, not Fox Soccer, not something on 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 big bad fox fox the same station that shows family guy <laughs> that that station uh LA Galaxy and LAFC now you shouldn't care about any of that you shouldn't care about watching on television cuz you got your tickets a long time ago all right now i know that some of you didn't get your tickets all right so i'm going to tell you right now that starting tomorrow on tuesday if all goes well and you should be paying attention to our twitter account our instagram and our facebook uh, we will have two pairs of tickets to give away as long as they're still available, which I was assured that they are. We will have those, and the contest will begin starting on Tuesday. It will end on Thursday on the live show. We will pick two winners. This is a sold-out game with tickets going for hundreds of dollars on the secondary market, Kevin. This is a huge game for the LA Galaxy, a huge game for LAFC. LAFC 2-0-0, right? They played two games. They won two games. Uh, and the LA Galaxy won one and one uh, So the Galaxy have four points. LAFC has... Uh, six points, and Kevin, I, I will have to defer to you, being you are the only one of the two of us who have seen LAFC actually play in person. You were there covering them in Seattle whenever they went to Seattle uh, and and stole that game one to nothing. Um, so I will I will defer to you. But this is this is a big match for both of these teams, and it seems like. Um, especially if the LA Galaxy would have lost against Vancouver, that LAFC was certainly carrying most of the momentum uh, coming into this game. Well, they've played twice, and then they got three weeks off. So, the, you know, and I think they lost. They feel like Bob Bradley talked about um, the um, challenge of trying to keep any momentum going because, you know, three weeks off between games, you can't even remember their last game. But if you did remember it, it was a 5-1 win at Real Salt Lake. 
in which uh, Diego Rossi became just the sixth player in MLS history and the first since 2008 to uh, account for five goals, assist or goal. He had two goals and three assists in that game to uh, you know participate in five goals in a single game. It was also the worst uh, drubbing that Salt Lake has taken at home. They never gave, gave up five goals at home before. So um, uh, that was a good game, but that was three weeks ago. It, it turns out that maybe the schedule kind of worked in LAFC's favor a little bit. The Galaxy had to play... Uh, this last game in Vancouver without some of their uh, international players. Well, uh, they had two players called up, and uh, as you mentioned, Ola had a hat trick and didn't play for the Galaxy, and then the two Dos Santos brothers would have been with Mexico, but they were injured. Anyway, the the, the reason I point that out is LAFC had six players called up that no other team in the league had six players called up for international duty this last week. And so LA, LAFC would have been missing six players if they had to play last week. Uh, so they didn't play. Um, and again, they come in here un- undefeated. The first game in Seattle, I think they were outplayed. Um, they won one to nothing. Diego Rossi scored. It was their LAFC's only shot of the game. But again, kind of like the Galaxy, you look at the the gutty defensive effort LAFC put in in that game. Um, you know, Tyler Miller had a great game in goal. Wound up making the, I believe he made the All League team that week. And uh, um, the, the, you know, the center backs played a. A fantastic game. It was a gutty effort where, um, especially in the second half, they just sat back and took everything Seattle could throw at them and wound up winning the game. Went to nothing. The second week, totally different game. They were on the front foot the whole way, dominated Real Salt Lake from the very start. Um, Tyler Miller in goal, who's not even supposed to be the starter, but the, the guy that they wanted to be the starter uh, has been hurt. Lopez has been hurt uh, all year and is still trying to come back from injury. So Tyler Miller uh, gets the first two starts in goal, has not given up a goal from the run of play. The only goal he gave up was uh, on a penalty kick. He actually stopped the penalty kick, and then the uh, Real Salt Lake scored on the rebound. That's the only goal he's given up in two games. There's a lot to like in this team. I mean, I think offensively they're very they're very dangerous. Um, they play with uh, uh, a target striker, which uh, is Urania. Marco Urania used to play for San Jose. He's their target striker now, and then they have three forwards behind him, and Diego Rossi... Um, Latif Blessing and, and Carlos Vela, they they just look really dangerous. Uh, they they can they can take uh, pressure defensively. They can lay back and take pressure defensively, or they can push the ball forward as they uh, did against Real Salt Lake. I think that makes it a, them a difficult team to prepare for. Yeah, it very well could. And I'll, I'll tell you my observation, and I agree with you that they they stole the game in Seattle. Seattle outplayed them, but couldn't get the ball in the back of the net. Um, and then RSL looked like traffic cones. Uh, I've, I don't know that I've seen a team stand around as much, although I certainly saw the Galaxy do it last year. Um, so, yeah, there was there's it's difficult to place your finger on this team, whether or not they're for real. Certainly they got the results, and the 5-1 win over RSL is a big win uh, that you want to look at. But, you're getting, Kevin, you bring out a great point. The fact that they had six players gone during this international break is an advantage for the Galaxy. Uh, the fact that they're off for three weeks technically probably is an advantage for the Galaxy. The, fa- the fact that this game is at home probably an advantage for the Galaxy. Uh, the Galaxy are saying that if you are a fan, you have to show up two hours early if you want to be guaranteed a spot in the stadium when they kick off at 12. So they're saying be there at 10. I would say, you know, be there at 9, be there at 8.30, because for the most part, uh, what else are you going to do on a Saturday morning? Yeah. Uh, go go to the game early, have, have some pancakes, have some waffles, uh, get there and enjoy and tailgate yeah. a little bit before this game. Leave now. Leave um, now. <laughs> 
But you know, I think the Galaxy has another advantage too, in that this is the first derby. We don't we don't have a name for this derby yet. We've really got to work Pe- on that. People gotta- people are asking, by the way. That was one of the questions that we got, and I've gotten it a bunch of times. And I I think I almost got in trouble because I've sort of in my mind, Kevin, deemed it the El Trafico, and that was not my my saying. I did not come up with El Trafico. Somebody else did, but I've been seeing it repeated, and right now it seems to be the leader in the clubhouse, at least. Uh, so I, I think I'm going with the El Trafico. Certainly the two teams, uh, you can get to their stadiums by traveling on the 110, Kevin. So, I mean, you know, the, it's it, maybe you could find something with the 110, and then there were some, some subway lines as well, some LA subway lines that maybe you could possibly tie into it, but I mean, what says Los Angeles better than traffic? Because well, and when if you're converging on the StubHub Center on Saturday morning, I think El Trafico is just going to leap out at you. But uh, the point I was going to make is this is the first Derby, uh, the unnamed Derby as of now. Um, and LA Galaxy, I mean, I know that a lot of players on the team are new, but the organization's been there forever. Um, Ziggy started, you know, coach there at the start of his professional career has now come back. There are some players there that have some history. Um, they're kind of, and, and the game is there at StubHub. They're, the Galaxy are kind of defending their own turf. They're defending their history. LAFC doesn't have any history. A lot of these guys hadn't even met, a lot of players on the team hadn't even met until late January when they opened training camp. So it's a little bit different. I mean, the the Derby feel, it's always the, you know, when you think about the traditional derbies, the Manchester Derby, uh, the Liverpool, you know, the Merseyside Derby, you think about these two tradition, you know, traditional teams, Manchester United, Manchester City, Liverpool, Everton, meeting and, and sort of history is on the line. Well, LAFC doesn't really have any history. I know their fans, a lot of their fans came from Chivas USA and they, you know, the, the, the Galaxy just pounded on Chivas USA at the end. And so for the fans, um, it's a little bit different. The fans have lived here. They, they, you know, they, they watch this team come into being. But a guy like Latit Blessing, a guy like uh, Steven Bietasord, they, they really have no history with this team, the organization. Didn't know much about it until they were signed. So the Galaxy may be playing with for a little bit of pride, and LAFC is playing because there's a game on the schedule, and and perhaps that helps the Galaxy too. And they're defending their home turf. Yeah, yeah, it's it, it is, it is a big deal. All this stuff is a big deal. Um, you know, I think there's maybe. I'm gonna guess that you're gonna see you know between twenty five and twenty eight thousand people at StubHub Center. It's gonna be a sellout. Um, they're selling the grass seat tickets that the Chargers put up. Um, those bleachers there. So, so it seems like they're selling everything and they're selling the, the extended sections. And and then of course you got the converted benches that are now seats up top as well. So, I mean, I just hope, I hope the weather is okay. I hope, and, and saying that in Los Angeles, you, you laugh, but it's, it's one of those things that, um, I was listening to the weather report and sort of paying attention and I'm like, Hey, you know, is, is the weather going to be okay for this game? You know, is that one of the things? And, and so far it looks like it's going to be 74 degrees. On this on this particular day and cloudy, I mean, it couldn't be any per- more perfect than that. So all these things seem to be converging, Kevin, that are going to show that this game could be unbelievably big. The fact that it's on Fox, the fact that Zlatan Ibrahimovic is probably going to be there, whether or not he plays or not, he's going to be there. He's going to be introduced if he's not on the eight in the eighteen. If he is in the eighteen, the guy could very well play in the waning minutes of this game, maybe even more. This is, uh, I, I don't know. I've seen a lot of big games at StubHub Center. I've seen a lot of, uh, of stuff, and I miss the, uh, the David Beckham debut against Chelsea, and that was, you know, that's a friendly, Kevin. That's not a, that's not a league game, and it's not a league game against a rival, and it's not a rivalry that is brand new with two teams that are separated by, you know, a 20, 30-minute drive. 
uh, in Los Angeles, and it's not, you know, Chivas USA, although certainly there's a lot of links to Chivas USA, as, as Galaxy fans keep bringing up. So all of these things combined to me mean this could be one of the most electric atmospheres that I've seen outside of maybe an MLS Cup being played at Subhub Center, and uh, everything's lining up to make this just a dream for the LA Galaxy. And if they win, Kevin, they're really sort of putting themselves in a good position because they have to win their home games. You, you, you look at the start, and I have, of course, looked at this a bunch of different ways, trying to keep track of, um, you know, Siggy Schmidt's numbers compared with with uh, Kurt Anolfo's numbers, Kevin. So there's there's a lot of stuff that's that's here that you can take a look at. But if you want to go just in the in their starts, right? Look at Kurt Anolfo's start. Kurt Anolfo had two home games and an away game in the first three games, and he had three points after three games. And Siggy Schmidt has four points after three games. And you say, well, that's only a point difference. But Siggy's had the harder schedule so far in terms of having to go on the road. So it doesn't mean a lot in three games. I get it. But the other thing we've talked over and over again about how Siggy Schmidt, since he took over, has a worse record than Kurt Anolfo has had. So Anolfo got to coach 20 games before he was let go, Kevin. And he ended up with a record of 6, 10, and 4 for 22 points. All right. And a minus 6 goal differential. Well, Siggy Schmidt's goal differential is off the charts. It's like minus 16, I believe, right now. Um, so minus 16, and he's 3-9-5 and five in 17 games played. If he wins the next three games, which he would have to do, he would technically have a better record than Kurt Anolfo did in his first 20 games. And you look at Siggy Schmidt, and he's lost a ton of games whenever you look at what he did uh, whenever he took over the LA Galaxy. So again, these little momentum things starting to build for the Galaxy, if they can win against LAFC, then they have Sporting Kansas City come in. And I think that's a game that the Galaxy, again, will have to play hard in, but can win that game as well before they again go on the road to Chicago. Um, and you know, how does that first, how does that Chicago game look? So these two home games, winning home games, more important right now than winning away games. You have to win your home games. The galaxy didn't do that last year, Kevin, this LAFC game is the perfect game to get a win and really kick off the 2018 season much better than anything that the 2017 season ever saw. Well, especially when you look at what's coming up, you talk about the importance of winning home games. So they have LAFC and then Sporting Kansas City. That the Sporting Kansas City seems to be struggling, and, and that would have to look like a game right now that the Galaxy can win. Then they go on the road to Chicago. Always tough to play in MLS on the road. Say they get a point. Uh, Chicago's not playing that well, but say they get a point from that. Then they come back, and then the schedule gets really tough. They have Atlanta at home, New York Red Bulls at home, very tough games. Then they go to uh, have two road games in Texas, Houston and FC Dallas on consecutive weekends. So those two home games, Atlanta and New York Red Bulls, two of the toughest teams the Galaxy are going to play in the first half of the season, probably the two toughest in the first half of the season, both at home. So if the Galaxy can kind of turn the step up center back into the fortress that it once was, and that would and a win over LAFC would make them, of course, unbeaten at home. And then going into the Sporting Kansas City game, you can definitely see them starting out three and zero at home. Before Atlanta and and New York Red Bulls come in, um, that again momentum is a big is a big thing in soccer, and that's definitely going to get the momentum, the home momentum, back on the Galaxy side, especially when they were so bad. They won three home games last year, uh, the second worst record in MLS history at home. Uh, so, you know, already the Galaxy have shown some signs of turning that around. But I, I know what you said about LAFC, and I, and I have seen seen them play twice. I guess I don't I, I don't necessarily agree with you that this will be a game that the Galaxy would be favored in. I think LAFC has looked pretty good. I think it's going to be a tough game. One thing about LAFC with Bob Bradley, 
um, is they're going to be, it's going to be a fun team to watch regardless of, of who wins. Um, and if they play like they did against Seattle, then obviously um, the Galaxy is going to have a little bit of an advantage. But either way, I think the LAFC team is going to be a fun team to watch. Yeah, I, I don't think that you can say that a team coming into you know their rivalry game, their very first rivalry game, kind of regardless of what their form has been, is going to be favored. I think the LA Galaxy are favored. I think the betters will favor them. Uh, certainly LAFC has the two wins to start off things, but it's a very small sample size to be saying that LAFC should be favored on the home stadium of their rival when their rival really really has played three games and, and looked okay in those outside of that New York City game. So um, I, I just think it's going to be an electric atmosphere. It's almost uh, one of those where you show up for the atmosphere and, and show up to see if you're if you're a neutral and you have tickets to this game. Uh, good Lord, your head may explode. Uh, you'll probably end up picking a side by the time the whole thing's over. I expect there'll be a ton of LAFC fans, Kevin. Um, I expect that there will be more LA Galaxy fans, as you would expect at their home game. Uh, it should be a lot of fun. Everybody behave yourselves. All right. Well, you know, it's one thing you talk about the LAFC fans that are going to come, and you know how they're going to come. This the Clippers had this problem for a number of years when Golden State would come down and and Clipper fans would sell their tickets on the secondary market, and all of a sudden Golden State had a home game at the Staples Center. And I've seen some of that already. Galaxy fans selling their tickets on the secondary market. This would be something that would not be permitted. I think there'd probably be a, a death penalty. For anyone who tried to do it in England, if you tried to sell a Man City fan a ticket to Old Trafford for a derby game, a derby game, um, you know, it, you'd probably be in a lot of trouble with your friends and neighbors. So the fact that it, there will be a lot of LAFC fans there, the Galaxy limited the number of tickets that could be sold to away supporters. So the majority of the people that you're going to see that are LAFC fans are going to have bought their tickets probably on the secondary market, probably from LA Galaxy fans, and so. Um, that's something that I think perhaps as this as this rivalry uh, gets a little stronger going forward, you, you know, you may see that changing. But I've experienced some of the Derby atmosphere in Europe. It's totally different than it is here. I remember when I first started covering the Galaxy, people would say, oh, well, you know, it's El Clasico, the Galaxy and Chivas. And the teams were so unequal at that time. I mean, you know, the Galaxy 2 could have gone out and won those Derby games. And you <laughs> just never really got the feeling that that there was anything different about that game. And I know people have tried to say, well, S San Jose is rivalry week. And again, I never really felt that passion, that, that the deep passion, that, the kind of the USC-UCLA passion that might be the closest thing we have here are Dodger Giants. I never really felt that passion, even with the San Jose Galaxy games. You're right, though, with this one. The, the great thing is, is these teams are, are evenly matched. There are great players on both sides. Uh, and and two of the most iconic coaches in the history of U.S. soccer, not just MLS, but when you look at what Ziggy's accomplished with, you know, Seattle, Columbus, and the Galaxy, and, and his great career at UCLA, and then Bob Bradley, what he's done on the world stage and with the national team, as well as uh, earlier in MLS, this really does have uh, the makings of maybe what could be the best rivalry in MLS. I, I put it already, I'm going to put it over uh, New York City and the Red Bulls, just because of of the again, we talking about you know I talked earlier about how what is does LAFC what do their players have to play for? But when you look at the talent on both sides and the coaching staff, I think this this is going to be a rivalry that is is going to be among the best in American sports. 
Yeah, it, it very well could be. And and by the way, uh, one of the reasons there, I believe 100 tickets were made available for LAFC supporters for this game. Uh, and one of the reasons it was so few is because LAFC also making 100 tickets. I love it. The rivalry's even in the front office right now, Kevin. All right, LAFC says there's going to be 100 tickets available for the LA Galaxy supporters to go. And then so LA Galaxy, who could accommodate more, make sure that uh, they only get 100 as well, which oh. is, is just all sorts of you know craziness. Yeah, there'll be more than 100 LAFC fans, I can guarantee it. Oh, yeah. But you talk about that. It, it was a really interesting story somebody at LAFC told me. I was taking a tour of their new stadium a couple of weeks ago, and they showed me there's a billboard company. And I don't know whether the billboard company did this on purpose. If they did, it's genius, and whoever came up with the idea needs to get a bonus. The billboard company put a billboard up that is visible from the inside of the LAFC stadium. There's a little bit of a gap in the LAFC upper deck so that you can see downtown LA uh, from the stadium. And in that, right in that gap across the street, uh, a billboard company put up a big billboard. Well, LAFC immediately bought that billboard in perpetuity. They will always have an LAFC <laughs> ad on that billboard. And the reason they, I asked him, why, why do you need to do that? I mean, everyone knows the team's here. He said, because if we don't, we know the Galaxy's going to buy that billboard. Yes, they would. Yes, they and would. And so, you know, the billboard company gets this open-ended contract. LAFC will always have their logo up there. But there was a little sign underneath. I don't know whether a fan had crawled up there, whether the billboard company had sold this. But underneath, you could barely see it. You needed binoculars. But there was a little sign that said LA Galaxy. So it's already started. <laughs> it's It's been started. It has been going for a while now, uh, which is, again, I, I think that's the fun part of, uh, of things to see here. So uh, again, this game is going to kick off at 12 p.m. Pacific time. Get there early. Uh, get there very, very early. Don't miss kickoff for this. You're going to want to bask in this atmosphere anyway. It's going to be... There's a reason they call it El Trafico. El Trafico. Very good. The El Trafico is coming. So uh, that is what's happening. Of course, we have a, a live show on Thursday that will go into greater depth on the preview and hopefully we'll have an idea of who's going to be healthy for the LA Galaxy and whether Zlatan Ibrahimovic will be in the country um, as he is currently, I guess, planned to uh, on Thursday night, Friday morning, that type of thing. Uh, so we'll keep you updated on that. Follow us on Twitter, on Instagram, on everything else. I would like to point out, completely unrelated to anything that we have talked about, Kevin, it's not even in the same realm of things, but I, I know you guys are probably getting tired of this and you wanted a little break, but... You know, things happen sometimes, and so you have to do stuff. But again, not related to anything that's going on. Uh, I don't know how clear I can be, but we do have another T-shirt that is up for sale right now on bonfire.com. It is called uh, The Lion of Los Angeles. And let me just read you the description here that we have about The Lion of Los Angeles shirt, just so we understand exactly where we're coming from on this. Uh, at Corner of the Galaxy, we strive to bring you the latest in podcasting gear. This shirt is great to wear to the zoo to see lions. Seriously, the lions love it. Or you can wear it to a game to show everyone how much you love lions. And we did some scientific research and found that the best number of lions to come to Los Angeles is definitely nine. Nine lions is the best. Eight lions is too few. Ten lions is too many. Get out of here with your ten lions. Nine lions is the perfect one. So we have a t-shirt called the Lion of Los Angeles. Uh, you can check it out on Bonfire. Just type in Lion of Los Angeles. It's right there. $25. You can own your very own Lion of Los Angeles t-shirt uh, on the backside. And again, it's about lions. All right. I don't know how much more clear. I Kevin, do you yep. like lions? Yeah, well, look, any relation to any lions anywhere else in the world, perhaps the Manchester, for example, is 
is just ridiculous. It's there's a, just there's there's it's nothing just there. circumstantial. And and people keep asking about why the nine, the number nine, is there. And the number nine, a lion is a cat, and cats have nine lives. It's very simple, and you need nine lions. These are all simple things to understand. Just coincidences with everything well, else. So, if, I mean, even if we want to take it to a soccer perspective, yeah, like. A galaxy guy wearing number nine. Last one to wear, Alan Gordon. Alan Gordon. The beard and the mustache look like a lion. He did. So he, I think it works. He did. But there's no relation. There's no, if you. No, no, no. I, no, I didn't mean to imply that yes, at all. Yes, there is no, impli- there's no relation to that whatsoever. Completely separate. Bonfire.com. Type in Lion of Los Angeles. Head over to Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and you can find the link for it there. $25. These shirts will ship in about three weeks. We get a whole bunch of them. And then that's how it works. Just the same as the other shirts. These are great quality, high quality shirts. These are wonderfully soft if you haven't gotten them i swear i didn't know they were going to be this soft they're they're just magic on your skin that's all i can tell you uh and on the back of course it says corner of the galaxy on it so that way everybody knows that you listen to our podcast and that you love lions as much as everybody else does all right the lion of los angeles uh is a great shirt please get out there and and grab it i know i said i wasn't going to do any more shirts but again just when the ideas pop into my head and how much i love lions and how much you love lions i wanted to make sure you got it out there. All right. Shameless commerce department. <laughs> we're pushing hard over here. Let me tell you, uh, we're, we're doing good. Again, scarves back in stock as well. I know some of you took advantage of the sale we had over the weekend back at regular price. $25 gets you a scarf. We ship them out very, very fast. Cornerofthegalaxy.com forward slash shop for the shirts. Bonfire, B-O-N-F-I-E-F-I-R-E, Bonfire, just as you were, bonfire.com. Type in the Lion of Los Angeles or go to Twitter, go to Instagram, and you can find all of our stuff there. All right. Operators are standing by. They they are. It'll be great. Would love to see them. Uh, gray, navy blue, and white are your colors there. Uh, I think the navy blue one's the fire one. If you're gonna be on, if I'm gonna be honest with you, I think that's where it's at. The gray one looks good too. White as well. So uh, check so those where, out. So where, where does Landon Donovan play now? Uh, Landon Donovan plays in uh, in in Leon, right? What is the Spanish word for lion? Oh, le- see, does, see, it's there not we go. it's not related. But it could be. I mean, if you wanted to draw that comparison, again, we're just we're just here because we like lions at Corner of the Galaxy. Just remember that. All right, uh, Kevin, is there anything else? Let's see. You know what? I do have one or two things. I want to try something here. Um, and let's see uh, if we can get these voicemails to play. And if we can, then, oh, man, we're going to be on top of it. Uh, let's go to our very first one, 323. Let's see how this works. Hey, this is uh, Josh from Downey uh, at JNOG86. Uh, first time giving a call. Um, I just wanted to uh, ask a couple questions real quick. Uh, I wanted to know what you guys thought about um, Sebastian Legette wearing the armband this uh, this past weekend. Um, I'm glad that I asked it because it seemed like it was uh, really open-ended. And, um, and then uh, secondly, I want to know what you guys think about uh, if Laton only played home games and uh, only super sub for Geo uh, the last 30 minutes, uh, if you think that would be worthy of a TAM player um, and would keep a 36-year-old uh, healthy. All right, uh, thanks, and I uh, hope to hear uh, all your input uh, in a uh, short few hours. All right, bye. All right, there we go. Josh, Josh has a great name, by the way. I'd just like to point out. Well, I'll take the I'll take the Sebastian Legette one and leave you with the other one. I Go thought on. it was great giving Sebastian the armband. Um, I meant to mention that earlier. I thought it was great. And when you look at the players that started, and and again, I don't I'm not staring at the lineup, but I don't think anybody had more. Uh, he's only been he has Sebastian wasn't even here last time they won the MLS Cup, so he he came after 2014. But I think he has the most service time with the Galaxy. Um, you know, Baggio was on the bench. He was there in 2014. But of the of the guys who started, he has the most service time. Uh, so I thought that was a 
a really nice gesture on Ziggy's part, and and I think it's probably a nod too to how hard he worked uh, to get back. And Sebastian talked emotionally after the game about what it meant for him to wear the armband, and that's kind of like what you want to hear. That's what I want to hear. I don't want to ha- have some guy talk about that he didn't even notice that he was captain and it was no big deal, and or he thought he deserved it. It, it meant something to Sebastian, and so. I thought it was a nice gesture on Ziggy's part. Uh, Sebastian Legit after the game said, it was an honor, especially at a club of this stature, to lead this team in such a way was an honor and a great experience. Sebastian Legit talking after the 0-0 draw with the Vancouver Whitecaps. Uh, Zlatan only playing home games and only being a super sub for Giovanni Dos Santos. Sign me up right now, Kevin. I'm, that's that's <laughs> genius. Let's do it. Make it happen. Book the st- However you need to do it, make it happen. Because one, it would prove to everybody what a genius I am by saying that Zlatan should be a, a super sub. And two, it does save some minutes. I, I think we alluded to it a little bit, Kevin. We're not sure if Zlatan's going to go on a Southwest flight to Colorado or, or Chicago or anywhere else. Uh, I don't know if he's going to play on anywhere where there's turf. So there's already conditions that we're throwing in there that could be limiting factors of his availability or when they want to play him. Um, now, if that's a playoff game, things you know change and hey look i just said playoffs and that's fun um so all all that that's fine i think that would be more than again in my mind kevin at 1.5 million dollars you're getting your money's worth out of zlatan ibrahimovic by making the announcement you got like you know three million dollars worth of publicity uh as soon as you made the announcement so anything else he does this year is pretty much gravy as far as the galaxy are concerned well here's a couple of problems if he doesn't you talked about the 12,000 tickets they've already sold uh sold in Colorado. And remember, the league is a single entity ownership group. So uh, whatever the Galaxy does, whatever money they make, all the other owners share in that. So let's just say he doesn't show up to Chicago and the Galaxy have an excuse for that. Okay, they, they play their next two games at home, but then they have three in a row on the road. If Salatan all of a sudden is a no-show for those three games, then the back end of the schedule, those people stop buying tickets. They're not going to go yeah. see Zlatan play for the Galaxy because he's not coming. Right. So I, I don't think the Galaxy, even if, let's just for the sake of argument, say that, that they'd actually thought about that. They certainly don't announce it. And I actually don't do think that Zlatan makes a couple of trips, even if they wanted to do that, and I don't think they do, Zlatan makes a couple of trips in there just to sort of keep things honest. I, I, I do think that you do pick games that he doesn't go to. Maybe he doesn't fly across country. In the Galaxy, I have, I think, four more trips cross country. Maybe he doesn't play the game in, in Seattle um, because it's turf. But uh, I, I don't think the Galaxy are going to make a blanket statement saying he's not playing road games. And I will say, too, that, that when this thing was sort of coming together and it was still sort of pie in the sky, I had a conversation with Chris Klein where I, I mentioned the idea of Zlatan yes. being a super sub. Yes, yes, yes. This is my favorite. Go ahead. Yeah, I, I made the idea of being a super sub. And, and uh, Chris Klein looked at me like I had four heads and it just basically just stared through me and, and thought it was the stupid. Let, let me know that he thought it was the stupidest thing that I'd ever said. And I have said a lot of stupid things <laughs> um, and just was not buying it at all. And I mentioned about, you know, he could be like Alan Gordon. And, and that was that was even worse. <laughs> I just dug the I'm comparing a lot of time to Alan Gordon, and uh, he just he was having none of it. So that's where the Galaxy brain trust is. They are thinking about this guy as a 90-minute player eventually, you know, when he gets fit. They are not thinking about this as a strategic substitution guy. They're not going to have 
in their mind, they're not going to have a guy who's maybe the third best player of his generation sitting on the bench, uh, you know, next to Thomas uh, Hilliard Arce. He's going to be out there playing. Yeah. Uh, the rich man's Alan Gordon. That's how that's how you're supposed to say. It. I came up with that. I'm going to live off of that for the rest of my life. The rich man. Hey, and, uh, and that's not no, no knock on Alan Gordon. No, nope. I, I really like what Alan Gordon does. No, I think that, it, you know, is the fact, you know, Zlatan's wearing the number nine. Um, after out of, out of honoring Alan Gordon, exactly. That's exactly what it is. He asked for that. He, did. he said, "Can I have Alan Gordon's number, please?" And then, and then he had to call Alan, and Alan had to give him permission. This is all. I'm sure that's what happened. All right, let's go to our last call. Uh, again, this is an all Josh Collins show. Um, all Josh, all the time. Uh, so here's Josh again from three one zero. Hey Josh, this is also Josh coming from Salt Lake City or from LA, but you know, you know the deal. Um, I was actually calling, you know, something that I noticed was interesting about, you know, the formation in the Vancouver game was, I know it was due to the fact that half the team was injured, given, but do you think that Siggy might be auditioning different formations to try to, you know, have a starting lineup that would consist of two strikers, you know, Ola and, of course, Slatan Ibrahimovic? Um, it was a simple question. Just hope to hear what your thoughts are on it. If he's going to be auditioning more, you know, formations, or if it was just a one-time thing for the sake of the current lineup he had available. Thanks for everything. Love the show. Go to your mission. Bye. All right. There's uh, there goes Josh uh, from Salt Lake City. Uh, I don't think that Siggy was like auditioning any lineups, Kevin. Uh, and I don't think because of the personnel you'd have to bench in order to make that, you know, the, the same sort of three back lineup. I mean, Sebastian Legette might have to be sat down. You might have to th- sit down Giovanni Dos Santos if you're going to do that. So you start sitting down these guys and these are guys you want on the field for the Galaxy. And again, are you going to ask Ashley Cole and Rolf Felcher to be those wingbacks every single time? And can Ashley Cole even play that position? Or does Dave Romney have to come in and play that position? So now are you sitting your captain too? There's too many variables in there that I don't like in terms of who you'd have to sit and who I'm thinking the Galaxy are not going to sit. Now, if there's injuries, then yeah, I mean, maybe there's something more. There, there's there's more than something to that. But it is also a very defensive lineup. Granted, you would be able to get Zlatan, Ola Kamara, uh, you know, Jonathan Dos Santos on the field at the same time, and it would probably put, you know, and Roman Alessandrini as well. So you have more firepower there, but you are being fairly defensive when you look at it. Yes and no. Um, I, I think I, I think Ziggy did it because that was what the personnel he had dictated that he do. Um, now with Salatan coming in, I think it, it, when they're 100% healthy, um, I think it changes a lot of things. We know that he's going to have two strikers um, when, if Salatan's going to be you know, playing 90 minutes or, or starting. We know he's going to start with two strikers. So that causes problems in the midfield. So maybe you try Geo out wide for a while. But, you know, if that doesn't work, then you have to come up with another solution. Maybe you have to try uh, the two wingback ideas, and maybe you have other personnel that you bring in. Maybe Perry Kitchen occasionally does have to sit. Um, I think this is all to the good because it, it allows – Ziggy to have a number of different options, and I think it confuses the way opponents prepare for him. They can't look at the Galaxy as doing one thing and coming out with one formation and playing one way. You know, Bruce was pretty much a 4-4-2 guy, uh, although that formation changed a lot. He liked to call it a 4-4-2, and he liked to pretend like it was all meat and potatoes, but Bruce did move guys around, and it it confused the way teams prepared uh, for him. So I do think Ziggy has options. The, The danger is... You have to be consistent with those options, and by that mean, by that I mean, if players don't get comfortable playing where they are, if Dave, if Dave Romney is a wing back one week and a center back the next week, that's very difficult for him, and it's very difficult for the players that play around him. 
So I like the fact that Ziggy has options. I think the midfield is going to dictate, and I think Geo, how Geo plays, is really going to dictate where he goes, whether Perry Kitchen does have to, to go to the bench occasionally. Um, you know, what exactly happens with those formations, how healthy Geo is. You know, he's gonna if he's going to play wide, he's going to have to run a lot. And if he has a balky hamstring, he's not going to be able to do that. Maybe he's the guy that becomes the super sub because he's not healthy enough to go 90 minutes. But I, I do like the idea that Ziggy now has some options that I don't think he had before. Yeah, it was a fun lineup to see. Uh, and again, they, they executed the game plan, which is also... Nice to see. All right. Anything else, Kevin? Are we good? We're done, right? That's no more. We gave we gave everybody almost ninety minutes of of Galaxy talk here. I think I think we went above our quota. You might. That's that's enough to make four round trip ticket uh, trips through Cedar Rapids. <laughs> that's exactly there. It is, Mark. You're welcome. We've gotten you there and back and there and back again. Uh, and, and lucky for you, it, it all works out. Um, you know, we hope you drove safe. Uh, that's it. The the Galaxy. I was going to say you might have to apply for overtime, Kevin. The way that you've been uh, you've been working here on the podcast and everywhere else. So we're gonna we're gonna let you go. But anything else you want to touch on before we go? No. No, I think and don't uh, people do not tell me I'm an LAFC fan. I am a non biased observer of the game as I need to be to to keep my job. Kev, Kevin will go on any any podcast. We just happen to have him here, and he gets to talk about the LA Galaxy. And luckily for us, we have a good insight into LAFC with him as well. So you're getting to learn about the opponent in this particular case, and Kevin does a great job covering the Galaxy. Uh, yeah, I, you're going to get tons of stuff about how Kevin's oh, at LAFC. Just wait for yeah. it. Yep, here it comes. All right, uh, let's see. If you're looking for Mr. Kevin Baxter on Twitter, please follow him at kbaxter11. And, of course, go to latimes.com where all of his articles, all of his writing is right there. Uh, latimes.com, please support him and all the stuff that he does traveling around the country, up and down the state, trying to cover uh, soccer in Los Angeles and soccer around the United States. Uh, of course, if you're looking for me on Twitter, at jgesman, J-G-U-E-S-M-A-N, and at Galaxy Podcast on Twitter, go there. And you can, of course, see the link for the Lion of Los Angeles shirt. Uh, it's right there for you. Please head on over there or go to bonfire.com where type in Lion of Los Angeles, you'll find that shirt as well. We'd appreciate your support on that, and the, the, it will run for 21 days as of the start of the show, so you have about 20 days left as you're listening to this. All right, uh, I think that about does it. Scars for sale up at cornerofthegalaxy.com forward slash shop. Big game coming up on Saturday, LAFC coming to StubHub Center at 12 p.m. Get there early, get there often. All right, for Mr. Kevin Baxter, I'm Josh Gessman. You've been listening to Corner of the Galaxy from the Box on March 26th. Everyone have a wonderful, wonderful week, and we will see you on Thursday. You've been listening to the Corner of the Galaxy from the Box podcast on cornerofthegalaxy.com. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Galaxy Podcast, and be sure to check out and subscribe to iTunes, Stitcher, and Facebook by searching for Corner of the Galaxy. And for all of your independent LA Galaxy news, discussion, and entertainment, including this podcast, head on over to cornerofthegalaxy.com. Fans, thanks for listening. We ask that you be kind and courteous to your neighbors as you leave the podcast. We thank you for joining us and look forward to seeing you again. Until then, I'm Michael Araujo, and on behalf of the entire Corner of the Galaxy crew, goodbye, everybody.